be sharing God's word here with you this morning. We're going through a sermon series entitled, Who is Grace? And just exploring uh, uh, our identity, but also making sure we're aligned together. God has blessed us with a, a, a lot of great growth. Many of you who are here today are newer to grace or have been checking it out. And, and uh, we want to make sure we're all headed in the same direction. And we all know why we exist. And we're moving forward together. Last week, we uh, uh, began this journey talking about what is our biblical bullseye. Uh, we're, not, we're not out here uh, coming up with good ideas for, uh, for how and, and why we exist and what we should do. No, we're, we're led by God himself as he instructs us through his word. As we heard through the Proverbs, uh, where there's a lack of prophetic vision, where there's a lack of God's word, people will throw off restraint. They'll go, wow, they'll, we'll, we'll follow our own way. We need to be guided by the word of God, by God himself. And last week, we, we unpacked the purpose of the church ultimately exists for Jesus Christ. It's all about Jesus. It's not about us. The degree to which we are, are made alive, that we experience the power of God, joy and peace, freedom from our sin, is, is the degree to which it's not about us, it's about him. And if we make Jesus our all, we're made by him, we're made for him. If we make him our all, then that, that implies something about who we will become, who we will be. And so this is part two of this vision. We're all about Jesus, but that implies something about who we will become. As you can see on the screen here, our vision statement is knowing Christ, becoming like him, and making Christ known. When I work with premarital couples, I've got a wedding coming up here in a couple weeks. I always ask them right off the bat, first thing, the first session, we've got a few details we've got to work out, but I ask the question, I want you to spend some time first, go back home, talk with each other, and I want you to answer this question. At your 50th anniversary, what do you want others to say about your marriage. At your 50th anniversary, what do you want your kids, your grandkids, the people who are at your wedding? How do you want them to describe your marriage? How do, they, how do you want them to describe the impact that you had on them? The reason why I do this is because we oftentimes, we get lost in the moment. We're, we're, just, we're just trying to survive. In terms of the question towards yourselves as we reflect on it, like, who am I? Who, who do I want to be? Who, when I grow up, who do I want to be like? Oftentimes, it's determined by, I just want to get through the day, right? I just want to make it to tomorrow. I'm just surviving. We might say, just, I don't know. I don't have time to, I don't have time to think about that. This question is far more relevant and far more significant who do you want to be when you grow up? Who will you be? We're all becoming someone. You know, back in the, back in the 90s, those of you who are alive and around then, uh, uh, those who are younger, bear with me here, but uh, there was the whole, like, uh, be like Mike. Any of you guys remember that? You know, and so, like, you got 
Michael Jordan, he's, uh, he's picked up by Wheaties. And, and if you're going to be like Mike, of course, you're going to eat Wheaties. And, and uh, we have the joke, like, if, you're, if you're playing a sport or an activity and it's, it's, you're just playing really weak, you, you say, you didn't eat your, you didn't eat your Wheaties, right? Uh, um, because, you know, if you're going to be like Mike, you're going you're gonna to eat your Wheaties. You're going to eat this cereal that gets soggy in five seconds and has, like, very little nutritious substance to it at all. And, um, right? But it, it, what, what Wheaties was, was garnering is there's something in us that's looking for uh, 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 some kind of role model, some kind of image, some kind of guidance in our lives. We know there's more than just getting by. Anybody tired of just getting by? Nobody. Nobody's tired? Nobody? No? Okay, a few of you are tired of just... For those of you who are newer, I like to engage you in the audience, all right, just so you know. There's more. There's more than just, I'm going to repeat the generational patterns of my family. I'm going to become like my parents. Or I'm going to be formed into, into the shape of this culture and, 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 and pressed and become just like everybody else. The voices that Pastor Jose just talked about but there's something inside us. We were made. We're made for more. There's the question. Who are you becoming? When you grow up, who do you want to be like? God made us to be like his son. If we're going to be all about Jesus, if we were made for Jesus, we're made to follow him, to be his disciples, to become like him, and to make disciples like him. This should be the cover of the Wheaties box. Be like Jesus. Don't eat Wheaties. I don't know what Jesus ate. But he fed his heart the word of God, and he fed his, his, his life with a relationship with his father. Today, Let's unpack here. How do we, what does it look like for us to become like Jesus? To be so deeply loved and to love radically. Love others. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we just ask for your work this morning. I am your broken vessel. And as we just unpack briefly, very briefly and, and in just a very surface level way today, Jesus, just the, 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 the reason why you gather us together is to make us more, not just a better version of ourselves, to make us like you. Lead us into this spirit. Stir our hearts for this, Jesus. Help us to see the, 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 the glory, the goodness, the desirability, Lord God, of you and becoming like you. In your name we pray. Amen. I'm going to be in a, in a couple passages here this morning. In fact, I'm going to try to actually kind of cut things way back here. So today's going to be really just very much surface level as we jump into this. I'm in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16 is where, where we're going to start off here just 
just real briefly. And, and as we unpack these, these verses from God's word, what we're looking at is why, why does the church exist? Why are we gathered together? Is it just for you guys to be inspired and to walk out just feeling, man, I just feel really warm and fuzzy and I'm encouraged and I want to just do better. And is, that, is there more than that? Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. And he, being Jesus, himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Then we will no longer be little children, tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning, with cleverness in the techniques of deceit. But speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ. From him, the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for building itself up in love by the proper working of each individual part. In these verses, what we see here is that Jesus, when he saves us, his work of salvation coming to this earth is to start a new community, a new society, if you will. Those who are redeemed, he gathers us together and we're organized in such a way to produce a certain outcome. There's giftings that are given of, 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 of leadership. You heard apostles and prophets and, and teachers and shepherds. And all of these gifts there are set aside for the purpose of, of equipping all of the body towards this end. We're all working together, but and it's towards this bigger end, and it's to become like Jesus. Verses 13 and 15, he makes this abundantly clear that all of the aspects of us gathering together and all our different roles and functions and everything, the relationships, even down to our conflict, all of it's working, and the Spirit is at work in order to transform it, to transform us into becoming like Jesus himself. Verse 15, it says, Let us in every way grow up into him who's the head. Jesus is what it it fully means to be human. There's a term given to Jesus called the second Adam. The first Adam, the first human beings that God created, Adam and Eve, they chose, they chose themselves over God. Jesus is named the second Adam. He chose God over himself. Sacrificed himself in our place. He is what it truly means to be fully human. All of us are experiencing a corrupted version of this because of sin in us. And the sin that, that comes out in our relationships with each other, we're, we're, we're left to ourselves. We don't experience the fullness that God designed for us to be loved and to, and to be loving towards others in relationship with God, not where we're trying to be God. 
And so, so becoming like Jesus, what, why is this, this so good? It's because it means greater degrees of freedom. Freedom from ourselves. Selfishness. Freedom from the, the sinfulness, the brokenness, the pain that others maybe have done to us as well. Becoming like Jesus means to be free. Becoming like Jesus means coming out of darkness into light, to know truth, to not be caught up in obscurity, to not be caught up in lies and messages that we've been told and believed ourselves early on in life or, 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 or in society. To know God personally, to go from self-centeredness to love. Who doesn't want to be caught up in love, to be loved, to be loving, not reacting, not being defensive, not trying, fearful, trying to make sure I get mine, not anxious about what's going to happen, what we can't control. You see, God loves us right where we're at. It doesn't matter what the brokenness is, what's been done to you, what you've done. God loves each of us right where we're at. It was while we're sinners, Christ died for us. God loves you right where you're at. But God loves you so much, he, doesn't, he will not let you stay that way. Jesus said, if we want to be his disciples... We're going to take up our cross, deny ourselves, and follow him. If we're going to make Jesus our focus, then there are things that are going to change in our lives. We're going to grow. We're going to be transformed. Let me ask a question. If you've encountered Jesus, if he's your Lord and Savior, how have you changed? I encourage you to take a moment today and reflect. How have you changed? How's he changed you? Not that you've changed yourself. How has he changed you? What's different? What's different about your head, your thought life, your heart, your affections, what you value, your life, your choices? If you're, if, if you're here today and, and, and you're checking this Jesus thing out, and you, you recognize, you know, I, I want to be changed. I've been trying to change myself, and I can't. And that's right. You can't. Only the one who made you, who loves you, can change you. And he wants you to invite you into that journey today. Beginning with surrender. If we're going to become more like him, that means we're going to become less of ourselves. Now, it doesn't mean becoming like Jesus means growing a beard and long hair and wearing sandals. We talked about it, greater degrees of freedom. As we fo focus on Jesus, our ministries here at Grace Community Church, as we talk about life groups, uh, we've got a, a sheet here of, the, of our different life groups, we have 60, 16 different small groups that exist in order for us to be in the word together for the Lord to chisel us. 
for the Lord to to remove things in our lives that are are holding us back, remove the pain that that, that he wants to heal and touch, that that, that we've continued to allow to have power over us in the present, to to, to remove the things that we've made ultimate or we trust in and we believe we need for security or to give us a sense of identity, things we pleasure ourselves in that are temporary that then have ownership over us. Jesus wants to chisel things out of our lives, not to shame us, but to free us because there's more he has for you and me. Our relationships with each other are part of the chisel. You and I are different chisels and tools that the Lord uses. And we rub each other. You, if you've got roommates or, or if you're married, you know that. Like you rub each other, right? And you're like, hey, this person's more like an enemy. Jesus saved them. Uh, uh, make them right. I'm, you know, we, we, we sometimes get rubbed the wrong way, right? The Lord uses our relationships. We need to be in community. It's only when we're together that we can be transformed. It's only when we're in the word that we can be, know the truth, And the truth will set us free. Not just Sunday mornings, but in all the various ministries. As we talked about kingdom kids, that exists to make disciples of Jesus. We're going to jump ahead here to the, uh, Beth, to the Matthew passage. If we are part of Jesus' family, we can sometimes consider that, that those who are in leadership are the ones who make the disciples. That, that, that while y'all, as, as you show up, are, are recipients. And that's a lie the enemy's been trying to sow in God's people from the beginning. It, it, it is that only certain people are ministers and missionaries of the gospel. But as Jesus points out, as he tells his disciples before he goes back to the Father, he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go to the next slide. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus is giving this instruction to his disciples. Make disciples. If we are disciples here today, this instruction goes to us as well. Make disciples. This isn't just merely for, 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 for special people who have a paid position or a certain title. This is if you're a follower of Jesus, then you take hold of people who are in front of you and encouraging you along. But God is going to use you to pull others along as well. The reason why Christianity has spread like a virus and continues to be the largest religion in the world and has transformational impact all over the globe is because you are disciple makers. We are all part of the cause. We are all part of the mission. And we grow into that. We go through stages of growth. We start off with knowing Christ. And we move into our lives being changed. We become like him. And and then we begin to step out courageously to make him known. Our our, our mission statement is both stages of spiritual development as much as it is also 
the direction that we go. We're, we got to be growing. And the spirit working in us is to grow us, to set us free from ourselves, but also to participate in God's work, a hand forward being pulled along by others and a hand back being part of God's work of saving, snatching others from hell and seeing others transformed to become like Jesus. All of us are necessary. The problem becomes, friends, when we lose sight of this, this vision and mission and purpose, then we sit back as consumers thinking that's other people's job and not ourselves. The problem isn't some of us are spiritual infants and some of us are spiritual adolescents and some of us are spiritual uh, adults. It's not that we are different stages of growth. The problem is when we're stuck and we're not growing. How weird is that to see your teenager wearing a pacifier? That's awkward, right? No parent would allow that in public or let alone their home, right? You're not, not going to see, have be an adult nursing from a bottle. We should be eating solid food. The problem isn't that we're in different stages of growth. The problem is arrested development. We're not growing because we've stopped putting our eyes on Jesus we put our eyes on ourselves, and we're pursuing comfort. Examine your hearts. How does this hit you? Are your eyes on Christ to become like him, to know him, to be part of his plan? You, he, the Lord needs you. You are needed. Every one of you is necessary. It's not optional. You're necessary in order for others to become like Jesus. Are we setting our eyes on Christ to become like him in order to be part of his work of transforming others? Our hearts open to him. Lord, teach me, lead me. I want more of you. Help me become like you, Jesus. I don't have much, but take my little and make much of it. Or are we like Jesus can you kind of clean up my life for me? Can you like make my circumstances better? Can you make my finances better? Can you make me feel better? And then I'll, and then I might, you know, follow you, and I might make some sacrifices for you, and I, you know, I'm, a, I might desire you more. But if you could just clean these things up, if you could just kind of, you know, like, serve me a little bit more. You're, you're doing an okay job, Jesus, but you're not doing enough. We do that, right? Jesus doesn't exist for us. We exist for him. There's a video I want to leave us with. It's a longer video. But I think it's really powerful in helping capture this. There's a question, who will you become? We need to make a decision. Not to just arbitrarily just, I'm just going to, I'm just going to let her be. Just see what happens in the end and who I become. No, friends, if we're not intentional, it's going to get ugly. We will serve ourselves. We will be part of, 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 of causing pain in other people's lives and, and, and other people's needs for, for their own healing. We will be cause for our own pain. If we do not intentionally make Jesus our aim and becoming like him, friends, 
to let him do the work in us. We will not experience that freedom, that peace, that joy. We will not be part of experiencing the love of God and loving others. We'll be left to ourselves and our own ends and culture. If we make Jesus our aim, let's let him chisel us and do the work. I invite you as you watch this video, again, it's a longer video, bear with it. But I invite you to listen and watch prayerfully. Lord, what do you want to do in me to make me more like you? Go ahead and play the video. Lust? Time out. <laughs> I don't really have a 
see me. Okay, then I need to keep chiseling away because ultimately you and other people need to see my son. Okay, don't misunderstand me. It's just um, when I look more like Jesus, people get uncomfortable around me. I mean, even my church friends, and they're like, oh, you're holier than thou, you know? And I don't, I don't think it's supposed to make people uncomfortable. So what you're saying is you'd rather play God in certain areas of your life than for me to be God over your whole life. That is not what I said. It's what you meant. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> it's hard to talk to you. You know everything that I'm thinking. I'm just saying you've done some great work. Maybe we take a break, a sabbatical from each other, you know. I'll stay right here, and then, you That's know. That's just it. You never just stay right there. You're either moving toward me or away from me. Whenever you just stay. What you're doing is called control. Do you want to control things in life, or can I chisel? Control, chisel, control. No, chisel. Chisel. All right. But can we chisel where I work? That's called control. Okay. <laughs> chisel them out of your life. Um, allow me to produce character when you keep focusing so much on your image. Okay, but I was thinking. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Okay, but if we want another way. Your ways are not my oh, ways. Oh, I can't. You can't want. I, I, I can't be good. That's your excuse. That's your excuse is that you can't be good. It's not an excuse. I can't. Dresses like an adult. And I go 
go out and I, I try to do what I'm supposed to do, but I can't, okay? I can't be who everybody else expects me to be. God, I can't even be who I want to be, much less who you created me to be. And so inside is this scared, stupid little kid. But you chisel away, just be prepared. You know, listen to so many voices for far too long that we're not pruning. And you have totally bought into the lie, haven't you? You think you're junk, don't you? When you lay your head down at night after you've done the dance to get the hug, you think you're junk. Listen to me. I don't take time to make junk. How can I show you that my love for you stretches as far as the east to the west? But how can I show you that my love for you has no end? I know. Reach your back pocket. What? Reach your back pocket. Why? Are you arguing with me? Reach your back pocket. Oh, God. Yes? I just went to God. I'll do that right now. You're just saying my name in vain. Come on. It's, it's a name. It's a saying. It's the name of all names. It's more than a saying. It's more than a name. I want to teach you something about my name. Reach in your back pocket. Oh my God. Shh. You know what that is? Yeah, it's a, um, it, it's a note. I, I wrote it when I was in college. How did you get this? Hello? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, read it. I love Angie. Other side. If you'll take me, then use me. God, I can be all that I am. Take me. I love you, God. I love you too. And I love you too much just to leave you where you're at. This salvation that you hold, I don't want it to be some sentimental gush or some head knowledge. I want you to work it out in every detail of your life. And when problems come and chaos happens, don't look at it as a, as a prison, but look at it as a father disciplines his child. A father disciplines the ones he loves. I know, but it's going to be tough. Yes, but you went into life thinking everything was going to be easy when you gave everything over to me. There will be trouble in this world. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I want you to do something. I want you to look out there and I want you to say, Tommy is God's original masterpiece. God. No, not the way you see yourself, or you try so desperately for others to see you, but maybe for the first time in your life, the way I see you, the way I created you. Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Yes, you are.
Now I have the worship team come on forward to close us out here. Your Father who made you, who loves you, right where you're at. He has, he has more for you. And he may have touched on some things this morning. You can trust him. What he takes, he takes for good. And what he gives you is sufficient. If you need prayer, um, as you're wrestling with what the Lord is pointing out, um, join me or join others here in the back for prayer um, while the worship team closes us out.